Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. Today's episode is a special episode where I am on my buddy's podcast, Josh Villarreal, and he asked me so many amazing questions about how to use YouTube to grow his brand. I wanted to share it with you guys here. Let's get into it. YouTube is not this kingdom, like, it's like the gold, like, the, this is the thing we are building. It will sustain us. Like, no, it's part of your funnel. Picture it as part of your business. It's one lever that you use to. It's the best lever, in my opinion, based on all the things that I've seen, content-wise, to build your business. But it's not your business. It's not the whole thing. It's just one of the levers and a base that you can build a lot of things around, a tool that does a lot of things for you. Welcome back. So we have Zach today as our guest. Uh, Zach, quickly introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am, I guess you say, YouTube strategist expert. Uh, we were with some of the top names in the thought leadership, entrepreneurial education space on YouTube. Uh, Evan Carmichael's my business partner, so happy to be here. We're talking long form, we're talking YouTube podcasts, um, whatever you want to ask, I'm here and just want to help you guys make more content and help those with a mission become known and those who are already known become legendary. Yeah, that's awesome. So today is more going to be a conversation uh, about people that are in my my place right now, which is barely starting a podcast on YouTube, and it's like, not even called a podcast on YouTube. What is it called, Zach? YouTube-based show. People ask me, they're like, "What's the difference between podcasts and a YouTube <laughs> podcast?" I'm like, "Well, like on YouTube, if you can take the audio from the video and it makes sense without the video, you can yeah. move it to an audio podcast." Like I just YouTube-based show. It's however you want to say it, but people get caught up. It's like just just make the content. It's good. Like just. Just teach people. It's all good. <laughs> okay, perfect. So uh, that's exactly what we're going to be doing today is Zach is going to teach me the ropes of how to create a successful YouTube show. All right? Let's so let's, let's get into it. So in the beginning, how would you want to form or construct a podcast uh, like a, an expert? What's the first thing you should yeah. do? Yeah, so the thing here that, and we, we actually met at Ryan Pineda's event and we yeah. talked about this, but the thing that people get caught up in and that they do wrong is they start with the content that's going to get them known and make them big money in five years or a decade from now. Like this, mm -hmm. the type of content that most people are putting out, it works. The problem is it is so much like bamboo or so much like, you know, some like investing, like it's like, oh yeah, I made a little money. It's like, okay, well the compounding's coming over the next 10 years or 20 years. Bamboo's gonna grow its roots for a really, really long time before it sprouts up. And so when we're talking about, it, we call it thought leadership content. This is like mm. high level strategy. This is your ideas. This is the things you wanna share and be known for, your story, your why, your mission. Um, mm -hmm. It's great, it's put out that content. But if you start there, you you need to know that I actually worked with a client that showed this really really well at about 10 years is when this really started to have fruit they didn't do the other two types of shows and so that if you're okay with not having results for 10 years then let's start there and let's just stay there mm -hmm. most people it's like hey let's start with a biz dev show and when I say show these are three pillars of content three types of content on the same YouTube channel we're not doing multiple channels we're not doing multiple podcasts so it's all one channel push one boulder you know, really focus your efforts. But the first type of content or first show is a biz dev show. Get relationships with people. 
that are maybe potential big ticket clients, maybe potential referral partners, some way that even if that show got zero views, there's a relationship there that builds your business, that makes you money. If you get quick, easy wins, say you make one video and that person becomes a client and that's a five-figure contract, you're going to keep making content because I just made five figures doing one video. Like, that's <laughs> I'll do that all day, every day. Right. But if you don't start here and being okay that it's probably not going to get that many views, you're going to quit soon. And there's another type of content that kind of blends the two. But I would say start with building your business and relationships and using your content as that leverage that gets you in the door. Instead of cold calling or emailing, that can work. But it's much easier when it says, hey, can I take an hour of your time to promote you, to learn about you, to get you out into the world and further your mission? Most people are flattered when you ask that. When most people get a cold call or a knock at the door, it's like, hey, go away. I don't, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but if you're asking me to to come on your show and to share my message all day, every day. How, how, does, how do you even get guests onto your show? Because that's a, that's a lot of people's struggles, right? That's, a, that's mm -hmm. an objection that people have. Well, well, yeah, I could do all of that, but how will I even get them on the show? Yeah. So there's two, two things I want to point out with this. One is most people that say, oh, how, like, that's impossible how to do that, haven't even gone and asked for the first part. Mm. Like they haven't even tried because there have been multiple people that like I've asked to come on my show. I'm like, I don't think there's any way. And they did. Uh, in fact, my business partner, um, Evan, like the, how I met him was reaching out to him in a cold mm. Instagram message when he had hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. Wow. Um, you know, not everybody gets through and somehow I luckily got through, which was great. And he ended up investing in my business and being a partner and mentoring me and all, all the things. Um, but I just asked if you don't ask the answer is automatically no. And if you do ask, if you ask a hundred people, you're going to get one yes out of a hundred guaranteed, like cold emails work way better than mm -hmm. you think they do. Cold mm -hmm. Instagram DMs for some people are the way to get in touch with them. And for some people are the worst way. Like it just depends on the person. Um, but it's a volume game. Just ask. The other thing is you have a specific person that you're like, hey, I really want this person on my show. There's a couple of tactics that I've used that have worked well. One, you can share their posts on Instagram as your stories and tag them and like, hey, continually put out and support what they're doing. That usually gets you somewhat noticed. You can do a cold Instagram email like DM after that, join their paid groups, give value in their groups. And I mean, I had, we talked about this before we really started the podcast, but I had Chris Doe on, but I was in his group for over a year and I had done, I don't know, four free trainings for his group before I ever asked him. And that, that wasn't my plan. Like I didn't join his group and do all that because I wanted him on my show. But when I finally started a show, I had done so much. So I was like, like I've chatted with him a few times. I bet he would come on. And it, it took a little bit of work to do that, but he was willing to come on because I'd already given value to his mission, to his group, to his people. And if you, you just go and you ask, like, hey, give me an hour of your time. Some people are flattered by that. Some people are like, I'm too busy. I can't do it. So if there are specific people, that's one way to do it as well. So what I'm hearing is jab, 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 right hook, you know, from, from Gary Vee. 100%. So provide value. So now going a little bit deeper, when people, when you reach out, you need to provide value first. So yeah. what, what you're recommending is to be an expert in anything that you're doing first or not even an expert, right? Just be a, a, uh, a student of the game. Mm -hmm. And a lot yeah. of people would love that conversation. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people have on my best advice is to ask questions you want the answer to, not the answer or questions you think your audience wants the answer to. That, that never goes well. 
if you really research and do your homework and you're like, I want the answer to this question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked this. Those always go mm-hmm. better. Um, but yeah, give value, like 100% what you said. If you help them, they're more, like, that goodwill's going to come back somehow. Maybe you don't get them on, but you get somebody else. Yeah, like, if the people that know don't know who Chris Doe is, you're probably living under a rock in, in the marketing space. <laughs> yeah. But Chris, Chris Doe is a phenomenal guy. He's a, one of the biggest thought leaders in that space. Mm-hmm. And for Zach to even get him on a podcast is a huge deal, especially yeah. because... Right now, you have how much of your following? It's- um, on YouTube, it's like uh, YouTube is my hobby, like it because it, I work with clients. But it's like twenty three hundred, like it's so small. And he was like my, my fifth episode. I, I didn't have even so my podcast wasn't big either. Right, total audience, I probably have like fifty thousand. Like I'm not public facing, not a big audience guy. But because I'd given value, he's more than willing to come on. And he has. I don't even know what his audience size is, like three or four million. So the strategy for, for the biz dev is provide value, be of value. Mm-hmm. Okay. 100%. And make okay. sure whoever is coming on that show is of value to you some way. Like, mm. like if it's a potential high-ticket client, you don't need their business. At least you don't want to come across that way. Like in your head, right. you don't expect this to end up with them hiring you. You expect this to end up with you giving them so much value that they think of you next time they think of someone in your space. And if that means they hire you, great. But if not, maybe they have a buddy down the line that's twice as big of a contract-wise, and they're like, hey, actually, I know this guy because I spent an hour mm-hmm. with him. They were awesome. Why don't right. you go to them? That's for biz dev, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you want to start with. This is yeah. if you want to start making relationships first, right? Yeah, If you, the reason you're creating content, I assume 99% of you, it's not because you want to be known by everyone. It's because you want to build a business and make money. Yes, you want to mm-hmm. be known, but... If you don't build a business and make money, most people can't sustain it long enough to get to the part where they're known, they're known because they don't have a business already doing enough to sustain them through 10 years of investment with no return. So start with that biz dev and get good relationships. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from the last time we, we spoke, you had three parts of your strategy, right? For mm-hmm. types of people you want on your podcast. Yeah, we right? have three show types. Yeah, uh, three show types. So mm-hmm. we, we covered... Uh, the biz dev part. What, what's the second yeah. one? Second one is show the process. This kind of is, show the process. Mm-hmm. it's kind of a hybrid between the top and bottom types of content. So the top one is that, um, you know, biz dev, the middle one is show the process where do you want more coaching clients? If you do bring on someone on your show, on your YouTube based show or your audio podcast, whatever it is, show you coaching them. Like these, are, this is probably the easiest content to make because for me, if I pull someone on, it's like, hey, I have a YouTube channel, I have some questions, that's easy. Like we hop on, I dig into your channel, you ask me whatever questions. They're probably at a beginning stage where I can answer questions all day long because they're at a point where these aren't hard questions for me because I'm, I'm way past this knowledge base. There's no prep. It's just, hey, here's my hour block. I'm gonna record this. Then you're showing people, hey, here are the services I offer. Because if you do the thought leadership content, like here's what I offer, and you do the biz dev where you get the relationships, people might hear your message, but they don't know what they can hire you for. You're never talking about it. So show the thing you want to get paid for. Mm. And then Mm. either the person you brought on, if it's someone that you're not actually like coaching, like being paid to coach, maybe they become a client. Or... You bring in someone that's already a student one of your courses or your coaching programs. Like, hey, you can't get one-on-one time with me unless you want to make content. And I'll pick one person every week. Or it's an extra, you know, instead of $500 for the session, it's $200 and I'm going to make content. Or you don't even have to discount if you don't want. But like 
make it so that you're able to do that and it's easy. Show the thing you want to get paid for, and that's another way to get clients. But those are going to get more views because most of the time, if someone has questions about the thing you do and you're showing a beginner asking all these questions and answering all these questions, the person that you want to hire you is going to be asking those same questions. And so mm-hmm. um, they're going to watch it for one, but two, they might also hire you because they want the access to ask those questions too. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point with teaching your expertise because I, I was watching one of your YouTube videos, right? And then you said that people make a mistake when they're only talking 10% of the time. They're not going to know who you are. Yeah. Right. So what, what's your yeah. perspective yeah. on that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the this one, like we have three show types. And so when you as, you know, you have two people on here and if you're only talking 10% of the time, people probably from this episode don't know what you offer, what you do, unless I start asking mm-hmm. questions and then it's a conversation and you talk more. If you're only talking 10% of the time, it's like if you watch, you know, TV interview shows, it's like, oh, well, they're a great host. They're a great interviewer. You don't know that they offer a service or a coaching or any of these other things. And so... You know, if you look at people like, I don't know, Tom Bilyeu or Stephen Bartlett does this a little bit as well, but where it's like they'll give the person being interviewed gives an answer and then the interviewer gives some sort of perspective or some sort of, you know, when I work with my clients, I do this, like showing that you also have expertise and that you're also in this conversation. It's not just a student and a teacher. It's two experts having this conversation. So if you want to have those interview type shows, maybe that is your biz dev, where you're not so worried about people knowing what you sell. You just want to build that relationship and that's okay. You, you know what the goal of that video is, but on your coaching ones, you want to talk more on your thought leadership ones. You need to talk more because people need to know you're an expert and know what services you offer. Okay. So for the show, the process, you want to make sure you are talking a lot more. Yes. This is when you're showing your expertise, when you're showing the thing that you get paid for every day or the thing you want to get paid for anyway. Okay. All right. So that's show the process. What, what's Mm -hmm. the third one? Third one's that thought leadership. That's where most people start. Mm -hmm. That's your ideas. Maybe, um, you're doing a talking head and you're like, Hey, here are my top three ways to build a seven figure business. Here's what I know. Like you talking through all of your things and that's great. Except for people don't like, well, if you're sharing, like you're sharing, Hey, here's, I built a seven figure business. Okay. Well now you're competing with how many people like Gary V you're competing with, like you're competing with giants. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. these other two shows differentiate you because it is very specific and very niche to what you do, where you do it, your circle of influence. These other topics are topics where you're competing again, you know, with the big boys and you're not going to win out on YouTube immediately, but over time you will, as long as you keep at it. Okay. So thought leadership, it it sounds like you only do this maybe 20% of the time. So most of them is going to be biz dev and show the process. Yeah. When you're first starting, absolutely. I would still do it. Maybe uh, it depends on how many videos you're creating. If you're posting mm-hmm. five days a week, maybe do one, one or two a week that way. If you're you know, posting once a week, maybe do once a month. Um, you still want it. You want to practice it. It's really, really good practice, especially if you want to do any kind of speaking or you know, if you want to get better at creating those videos because there's not another person to interact with. It's just you. It's, it's hard. And so you want to practice those a lot, but it's also the content that's not going to get viewed as often. Um, okay. So... So what's the difference between show the process and thought leadership? Because they kind of intertwine. Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. So show the process, that's, we're pulling on. So for example, I do YouTube strategy. And so my thought leadership 
um, type videos might be like the three shows. Here are the three shows you should be put, you know, producing on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. That's a great video. It, it'll break down some things, but it doesn't show the thing that I do every day. The thing I do every day is I hop on calls with some of the best clients in the world and we, we talk through strategy. I dig into their channels. We talk about their intros, their titles, their thumbnails. We look at, you know, one minute retention. We look at ads, like all of these things. So me hopping on with somebody, like we keep our client less private. So it wouldn't be a client, but I can pull someone on and say, Hey, let's walk through your channel analytics. Let's, let's look at all this stuff. That's show the process. I'm showing you what I do when people pay for strategy calls, when they pay for my services. Thought leadership is, it's more high level. It's like that, the three shows. Yeah, we're talking about what kind of content to create, but I'm not going through, here's how to get the title. Here's how, and you can do some of this, but like, here's the thumbnail. Here's how we improve your thumbnail. Cause you don't, I don't know what your thumbnail looks like. Cause it's, mm-hmm. there's nobody there for me to interact with. Um, so it is a little bit different. They do intertwine a bit, but thought leadership is bigger picture talking to everyone. Mm-hmm. Show the processes. This is what I do to get paid and you show the interaction. Got it. Okay. So let's get a little bit more technical. So we just talked about what content you should produce, right? So this is very big picture. We got, uh, we got biz dev, we got show the process and thought leadership, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. These are very big picture, but now what is the key to having a successful uh, YouTube show. Now, what is the number one thing that you see everyone make a mistake on and they don't put enough time in? Oh, number one. Number one. I think one. this is hard because there's an order of importance and then there's an order that people forget them in. So I'll okay. give you a couple. Okay. Um, really, it is from the point of someone seeing your video to one minute into your video. This is not that people neglect this, but it is 90 80 to 90% of the importance of all mm. everything you do and people put equal emphasis on this. And so this is where people really 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 need to pay attention. So your thumbnail is 70% of the click on YouTube. So people hyper focus on let's get this title, let's get the keywords, let's get search results. For thought leadership, for education, for you know the space that I work in, suggested is the most important. Get seventy percent of the views. Thirty percent come from search. Well, not even thirty percent. The rest of it's from other ways. Search being one of them. So the most important thing is to get YouTube to suggest your video. And so. The title is important, but what's more important is that that thumbnail hooks people in. I know what the video is about. If I need some clarification, the title clarifies it for me. Then I mm-hmm. click in. That first 10 seconds needs to be absolute fire. Like kick your teeth in, stop you dead in your tracks, like the best part of your video. And usually if we're doing a podcast like this, like you're pulling a clip from later in the video that's super high energy, super high value, just like mm-hmm. is on fire. It's like the be- one of the best parts of the podcast like mm-hmm. super super exciting and maybe that means you need to edit some and you get a 30 40 50 second coming soon clip but like if we don't have this beginning where people are just like wow this video is phenomenal it's the it's the trailer when the trailers always put the best parts all of the best parts in like three right. minutes we're right, doing that right. in that 30 seconds um mm-hmm. if we can keep people to one minute usually you have a lot more leeway and you can dive in deeper you can slow down you can really get in like we don't want fluff but we don't we don't have to be so concise so um focused and if it's just you so if you're doing thought leadership type content this is i go off the cuff 
mm-hmm. this first minute is scripted. This first at least 20, 30 seconds is scripted. So we're scripting. We have a framework that we follow, but the mm. first five sentences are all scripted, maybe more, because this is the most important part. We want 70% mm-hmm. of people still watching at the one-minute mark. That's the gold, gold standard. <laughs> Nobody ever hits that all the time. But that's what we're shooting for. And so we want to hyper-obsess over the thumbnail, a little bit on the title, not as much, that intro, that first minute. That is where your emphasis needs to be. The rest of the content, we want it to be good. And Mm -hmm. then at the end, we want to tell people where to go. And there's a couple of other things in there. But people just neglect how important this, like, from seeing your thumbnail to that one-minute mark is. Right. Okay. So 80% of your success of for for a video right mm-hmm. is based on the first not even 10 seconds it's the thumbnail then it goes a little bit on the title so mm-hmm. it's not even that big of a deal unless it's mm-hmm. for like seo right yeah. and then first 10 seconds has to be fire 10 first 10 seconds fire and that first minute as well up to that first minute the first, that's 80 percent. yeah that first 10 yeah. seconds needs to be like 20 percent of your that 80 percent like that if if you had a fire thumbnail and I'm like, dude, he's going to teach me exactly what I want to know about short form video. And I hop mm-hmm. in and the 10 seconds are like, well, welcome back. Um, you know, my name's Josh, like really slow. It's mm-hmm. like, oh dear heavens. Like this is not going to be like, they're not going to get to the point. But if you hop on and you're like, you like, let me think of a hook real quick, but you're like <laughs> short form video is the most important way to grow your audience in 2023. If you get this right, you can absolutely build a five, six or seven figure audience. But if you don't do these three things, mm-hmm. you will fail. These are the three things that we've learned over years of testing. My name's Josh, like hop in. It's like, whoa, that was dang. Okay, cool. I wasn't even thinking this was like, I knew it was important, but Josh yeah. just kicked my teeth and I, w- I want to watch this video. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's so important. It's so important. So the rest of the, the rest of the video is, it is important, but 80% mm-hmm. of your results is going to come from that little piece. And a lot of people yeah. mistake that it's not that important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if, so if I give you f- absolute fire and absolute value in that first mm-hmm. minute and you're like, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you know what you're talking about and you have the answers to my questions. It's going to take me floundering a bit and like really off my game for a couple of minutes for you to be like, oh, like, this is not what I expected. Because you've already framed a first impression of me, and it was fire. And that first impression lasts a good little bit. Mm. You can get it so people leave, but, I mean, you get that one chance to make a first impression, and if you knock it out of the park, people are going to give you the benefit of a doubt for at least a couple minutes. And if your content's good, they're going to stick around. Yeah, so it's that first impression, the positioning, the framing, that Mm -hmm. all sets it up for, for a video to do well. Yeah. Okay. And that's like, we do thumbnail AB testing and what you said, like if the thumbnail mm-hmm. frames the video in a way that doesn't actually work for the content and mm-hmm. we change that thumbnail to frame it better, people watch longer, people click more. Like that's one of the things that I do when I work with clients and we can resurrect an old video that had a mediocre or sucky thumbnail and get it thousands and thousands of views because we just reframed or repackaged, you know, that, that first impression. So right now, um, uh... Uh, Zach, you'd know that uh, uh, I'm an I'm an expert in the, the short form space, right? And I see a lot of similarities yep. between YouTube and short form. Like mm-hmm. uh, where I even learn, uh, I call it content science, right? Everything can be bro- broken down to pieces, and mm-hmm. as long as you uh, you 
model those working pieces, you'll do fine. Like, yeah. you will grow. And the place I even learned about uh, how to hook someone, right, was from Mr. Beast. There you go. Mr. Beast. Uh, so Mr. Beast was talking at VidCon, right? Mm -hmm. He was talking at VidCon, right? Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Beast was uh, a guest speaker over there, and he talked 90 minutes on just a thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Just the thumbnail 90 minutes and from there if you had listened to it, if you got the opportunity to listen to him he spends six figures on just one thumbnail and there's a whole strategy that goes behind it he goes mm -hmm. a b testing on facebook which one is going to get clicked more this is how important a thumbnail is and how that relates to short form is that your hook is everything mm -hmm. a lot of people just say Hey, these are the top 10 things you need to know. Like, okay, that that's kind of boring. Uh -huh. I was like, uh, <laughs> so when people do hooks, they need to put not just 80, I think it's 90% of the whole video because it's short form. You only have 17 seconds. So there's this thing uh, that um, Brendan Kane. So Brendan Kane is another legend in the marketing space, right? He grew 1 million followers in just 30 days on two platforms, two separate times. Crazy. So awesome. what? Yeah. So he wrote this book called Hook Point mm -hmm. and it's... It's how to how to stand out in a three second world, right? Because that's really it. Mm -hmm. uh, on short form, you really have not even for me. I think it's half a second. I don't know about you, but when you scroll, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't even wait a minute or uh, a second to see if it's going to be good for me or not. So mm -hmm. you literally have one second. There, yeah. There's just so many similarities with YouTube and short form. Yeah, and I think like all the concepts are the same, but like for you, for short form, you the hook that's your thumbnail, and then like the, your next sentence. I, I, what is the like for you? What's what's the framework? You have the hook. What, what comes after that? So, it, so the easiest framework that I figured out was super fire hook, right? Super fire hook, yeah. and then three bullet points. Three bullet points. It doesn't. Okay. So there's not even a second hook. Just okay. just make your first hook really good. And then you have uh, three, it could be more, uh, three bullet points because uh, things are digestibles, uh, digestible in three. So there's A, B, C, one, two, three, right? Okay. There's a yeah. reason why there's it, it's groups in three. Mm -hmm. uh, so you break it out that way and then a call to action. So I've done some testing on, on Instagram. Uh, and when I don't put a call to action and let's say that I get a hundred thousand views, usually with a call to action is 1%, 1% converts into a follower okay. and, uh, without it, it's 0.25%. So okay. your CTA increases by four X just by okay. doing a call to action at the end. So for short form, so you've got hook and you've got the three bullet points. So for long form, I would say thumbnail and first 20 seconds are kind of your hook. Um, I don't know how I would split the importance because they're both super important. If people don't click from your thumbnail, the first 30 seconds of your video doesn't matter. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. be a multiple hooks because it is longer. But yeah, I think 
gets it's probably skewed very similarly it's just different different pieces um so i I think if you apply that framework like if you know short form if you're coming from tiktok or reels or short like if you think about it this way where it's like the hook is everything okay the thumbnail and your first three sentences of the video are everything like really really focusing on those Mm -hmm. and if you can nail those down the rest becomes a lot easier got it okay and I'm curious how, like, because you, your reels kill it. I haven't seen, I don't think I've, I, I don't use TikTok nearly as much as I used to. I mm-hmm. went from like 100 to 30K in 90 days and I got burnt out and I just haven't <laughs> done since. It. I don't know if you kill it on TikTok as well, but I'm curious how you would do on uh, YouTube shorts because it, it is more of a lottery than TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. are. Um, mm-hmm. But when they hit, like, they can really hit. So I'm curious. They hit. Yeah. Uh, so, in the beginning, I did test out a little bit of YouTube. YouTube is very interesting in their algorithm right now. Mm-hmm. So, so with, with my videos, they're they're pretty. Uh, I'd say they're they're formulated to do well. Yeah. Uh, you could see that on my Instagram. Most of them, uh, they're formulated to do well. Mm-hmm. So, on TikTok, uh, it's. Uh, Okay, let, let's skip that part. Let's go YouTube. So, okay. uh, with YouTube, with YouTube Shorts, what I noticed is looking at the analytics, it is poised to do well. Like mm-hmm. with, so it goes dead for a good thirty minutes, like one or two views, but then it spikes up within ten minutes of twelve hundred views, which okay. is crazy. And yeah. on YouTube, I only have like a hundred subscribers or something, right? Yeah. Uh, but then it dies again. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really curious why it does that because the same video that I'm getting millions of views on on Instagram is not working on YouTube, and it's mm-hmm. the same format. So yeah. I think it might be an algorithm problem, or they're they're still getting used to it. But I do have a theory. Okay. That uh, so TikTok is the number one platform for short form, uh, in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So they had to develop their explorer page, like that for you play uh, the for you page mm-hmm. is fire. Yeah. You don't even know you like certain things until it showed you in for you page, yeah. right? Yeah, you're like what? Like, uh, oh, I, yeah, okay. I didn't know I like ducks. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like it's telling you what you actually like. So their algorithms on point, but now they're they're monetizing too much on tiktok which means it's hurting it's hurting on the reach so that's what i noticed on my side is that my reach is hurting instagram on the other hand they're doing what tiktok did they're they're figuring out the algorithm they're figuring out what the for you page now if you go to reels it really shows you uh, what you want and sometimes what you need so For me, like if you scroll on my TikTok right now, it's all motivational or uh, my reels. I'm like, yeah. I think I do need this. Like, yeah. how how do they know that I need to watch motivational video right now? I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, from the monetization standpoint, it their reels and TikTok and shorts are all competing right now. Yeah. For, for that reach, so. Uh, Instagram understands if they beat these two platforms in organic reach, there's going to be a lot more people going there. So yeah. that's why I think Instagram is is the best opportunity right now because that organic reach is there and the algorithm is there. 
Okay. Their algorithm is there. Uh, shorts, because it's the the latest one out of those three. It's the most recent to be developed. It's not there yet. That for okay. you page is not as strong. That's my theory. Okay, I think that's fair. I think there's a lot going on. Like YouTube is king of long form, king of mm-hmm. education. I mean, they have the highest market share of <clears throat> podcasts without even trying because <laughs> discoverability is so awesome. So it's like, yeah, we want to add short form, but also we are king of long form. So how do we combine that? And I would rather our long form stays where it's at and we can slowly integrate short form, which the algorithm is changing. Like sometimes I notice it's better or worse, but TikTok and Instagram right now, they are, they are just short form. So it's like, well, pff, we're going to change our algorithm for short form content and put that first. So I don't, I, th- I'm a YouTube guy, so I'm rooting mm-hmm. for YouTube to win out in the end. <laughs> we'll see. Right. I, I don't know. I, I do agree that TikTok is not nearly as good reach wise as it used to be, whether you're monetized or not. And Instagram mm-hmm. just does better. Like I have a 10th the audience on Instagram as I do TikTok and I get more views well, I guess it depends. I can get more views on Instagram sometimes, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we we just talked about the importance of making or, or the number one most important thing to make a video successful, right? But now, how do we make our first dollar how do we make on first YouTube? Dollar? Yeah, okay. how do we make our first dollar? I like it. There's a couple of ways. So when I first started YouTube, I wanted to be a YouTuber. I didn't think about things I, mm-hmm. the way I do now. Um, but even my first year, I made 20 grand with my YouTube channel. It was affiliate sales, mostly affiliate sales. But um, even if you don't have a business, even if you don't have things to sell, you can do affiliate links. You can do talk about products that you like. You can sell other people's stuff. So there's a way to do that. I think most people in your audience probably have a business or a service or mm-hmm. something that they're selling make that the core like your content should be centered around the thing that you offer not the high level that's why the biz dev that's why the show the process we're Mm -hmm. making sure that everything you're talking about has the potential to make you money now not later but now so when you're when you have a call to action you're like hey we've been talking about you know top ways to grow your audience with short form we actually have a free pdf checklist that we follow when we make videos. If you click the mm-hmm. link below this video, you can get that for free. Then people are in your email list, and then in their email list, this is where we sell people. We don't sell people on the content because you don't spend enough time with them to be able to do that. Like That's not the place because if you start selling, people are going to leave, and then the YouTube algorithm is going to say, oh, well, people leave this video. It's not going to get the reach. We're, we're messing up a lot of things. So the one time that it's okay to tell people to leave your video, because even at the end of your video, we're saying, hey, if you made it to the end of this video, here's another one. Click here. We're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Go here. I'm going to see you here. And we want them to watch and watch and watch. The one time it's okay. That first third to half, we're going to say, hey, I have this free thing for you. Here's where you go to get it. It's going to be quick, but we're going to get them on your email list. So then you can email them more videos so they get to know, like, and trust you. And then we can start selling them on your products, your services, your whatever it is. So YouTube is not this, you know, kingdom. Like it's like the gold, like the, this is the thing we are building. It will sustain mm-hmm. us. Like, no, it's part of your funnel. Picture it as part of your business. It's one lever that you use to, it's the best lever in my opinion, based on all the things that I've seen content wise to build your business. 
but it's not your business. It's not the whole thing. It's just mm-hmm. one of the levers and a base that you can build a lot of things around, a tool that does a lot of things for you. But you have to use it in a way that does that. Because you can go, like some of my clients, a decade with hardly making any money. Mm-hmm. Or I know people that in the first year they got a thousand subscribers and made seven figures from subscribers because of the services that they sold. Like you can pick, but you have to make sure that your goal is actually being accomplished by the content you're creating. All right. So what I'm hearing is, so what I'm hearing is you're building the content for the no like and trust ability. And it works better if you have a business or a product that you're selling already. Yeah. And the content is not really to sell, but it's to create a relationship. And one of the best strategies that you, you were talking about is create an email list because that's when you get to build that relationship even more. And if you look at the stats on email lists for sales, email lists outperform every platform by, I can't, like it'll, I, I used to have a list, but it was like, 30,000% for some of the, like, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram, but, or Twitter, like they were looking at all the platforms, so like email wins hands down. There's no competition that if you're trying to sell, I mean, how many times do you go, like you get an email and you expect there to be a sale or a promotion or, you know, a product in your face. You're okay with that. That's your expectation. You know, you're going to get those kind of emails. And when they do a good job and hook you and you're like, Oh yeah, actually I want to, I do want to buy that. I didn't know I wanted to buy that. But if you see that on, say, if you sell that on TikTok or Instagram, someone's like, hey, I have a product to sell. They're like, whoop, gone. Like, not even half a second, like you said. Mm-hmm. Social media is not the place to sell. But if you know, like, and trust this person because of all, like, Google did a study. It's, I mean, we even talked about this name of your company. Seven hours of interaction, seven touch points. Um, if you get that, you get that no like, and trust, then it's easy to sell, but you get that no like, and trust those seven touch points, that seven hours of interaction, seven, one hour podcasts mm-hmm. on YouTube. And then in the email off of the platform where people are expecting to see sales and promotions, then we can promote your stuff. Okay. We're, we're getting to the end of the podcast. So uh, this next question is where do you see the future of content going? So we've seen short form, right? Mm-hmm. We see long form doing really well. So what what's the next step after that? Where where will people kill it in the in the future? Yeah, I mean, so much speculation. Um, so this is, yeah. I mean, take this with a ten pound hunk of salt. But <laughs> in my opinion, people more and more are realizing, and this is my opinion. So again, take it for what it's worth. But the education system's broken. I mean, the amount that universities are charging, I have my piece of paper that I don't use. I mean, it's helpful when I study topics that are related to that, but it doesn't do anything for me in the work that I do. People go to YouTube. Like right now, I'm really, really diving into an animal-based diet. My degree was in pathophysiology and nutrition, and so I, I like mm. to study that kind of stuff. But I'm learning more from YouTube videos, from learning from specific doctors, than I learned in my degree. And Mm -hmm. you don't have, it's free. It just costs your time and you can study the topics that interest you most. And so you can essentially get a degree's worth of information for free on YouTube. When YouTube started, Mm -hmm. education wasn't the number one thing. Like you could hardly find it on there, but it is exploding. The fastest growing segment of videos is one to three hours. People are realizing, and you're not watching entertainment for one to three hours. Like that's a, that's a movie. You're watching education. You're watching seminars. You're watching, you know, podcasts, learning things. 
And so people are realizing if you put your content on YouTube, one, you can make a lot of money doing it. You can talk about the thing that you love. And if you're consuming, you can learn so much. So I see YouTube replacing a lot of post high school education. Short form, I think is great for getting attention to that. I, I'm trying to think of a great way. Cause right now utility wise, like if you cut shorts or pieces of podcasts and use them as shorts, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's not great. It, it definitely doesn't convert into like email subscribers or people buying your thing, but it's, it's getting better at taking people from those clips to the long form podcast. Like I find some podcasts from short form. And so I see them being a lead in to some of that. And still, I mean, always entertainment, always dopamine hits, like they're, they're going to kill it that way. But for me, what I'm thinking is, okay, I, I know creators with millions of subscribers on TikTok. How do you f- make that a business? How do you mm-hmm. monetize that? There are ways, but in the form that they're in, a lot of people aren't going to make a ton of money. They might make okay money, maybe that's all they want. But I see the big money being in the education because it's easy to sell a coaching course. It's easy to sell one-on-one coaching or consulting or services when you've given away hundreds of hours of free content and people are like, I just want access to you. I want you to do this for me. I want you to take the time because clearly you know what you're doing and I don't want to learn anymore. I just want it done. You're going to build so many businesses that way. And so I see long form being king for building businesses and making people wealthy short form. I'm still not sure. I I, I work with a lot Mm -hmm. of, I have a lot of content creator buddies that do short form and Mm -hmm. it's great for that attention. It's great for organic reach. Like you're going to get way more views on a 17 second video than you will on a three hour video. Mm -hmm. But how do you monetize that? And I don't know because that's, that's not my space, but I think they're going to become more synergistic and work together better in the future. What that looks like, I don't know, but I think if people learn how to be successful in short form, you can apply all of that to long form and really crush it. So I think, again, Mm -hmm. that synergy is going to be there. Yep. Well, well, when you said that, you don't know where the short form is going to be, but you do know long form because that's what you're expert in, right? Mm -hmm. So what I personally believe where short form is, is that short form is good if you have a strategy in place, just like with everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Short form, like um, we we were at Ryan Pineda's uh, little mastermind, right, at his office. And his Instagram outperforms all his other uh, social media channels by mm-hmm. a long shot, right? Because yeah. he has a strategy within the DM space. Yes. He mm-hmm. kills it there. I love it. Yeah. So uh, that's where one of the streams of income comes in but personally for me my end goal is to get to youtube to be where you're at because that's where the big money is made uh so with ryan uh he did like a little survey with the little mastermind that we had and it was all right raise your hand if you you've spent more than five grand with me dude a lot of people raised their hands Mm -hmm. and then now he said how many people watch more than 20 hours of my content everybody in the room raised their hands so Mm -hmm. there's definitely a direct correlation if you want bigger money or bigger monetization long form will have that no like and trust ability yeah yeah so really hard to watch 20 hours of content if you're watching 17 second clips (laughs) but yeah 17 second clip can be the catalyst for you Mm -hmm. watching an hour-long video yeah so it's it's more of the doorway 
and then once you get in there, yeah, you can see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Uh, all right. So I got two more questions for you. Yeah, let's do it. So what is your goals for 2023? That is an excellent question. My goal right now is to retire my wife. I know that sounds mm. weird, but um, she actually <laughs> does operations for, uh, I think they have 5,000 um, employees. They uh, they work with companies like Pinterest, Google, Reddit, Waze, like a lot of different big companies. Um, she handles mm-hmm. pretty much all their operational processes. And we just had a new baby girl um, end of uh-huh. last year. And so she's like, I, I want to be done working for a while. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So mm-hmm. um, we're getting there. We're, we're actually... Uh, We'll probably be there at that point mid year. Um, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, I was stay at home dad. And so I was kind of taking it easy, not taking on too many clients, but now it's like, okay, cool. Let's ramp and let's get you time where you don't have to work and it doesn't matter. So I think that's my biggest goal. I want to spend some more time golfing, snowboarding, um, mm-hmm. and really just crushing it with world-class clients. I have some of the best clients I've ever mm-hmm. worked with in my life and some of the biggest names on YouTube in the world. And, I'm just loving it. So, um, yeah, enjoy that more. Yeah, man. If you guys only knew what type of clients this dude is working with, yeah, this this guy is awesome right here. Appreciate uh, it. Okay. So <clears throat> last one is where can people find you? Yeah, I think best place to find me is YouTube. I'm Zach Mitchum. Uh, LinkedIn as well. I, I have a newsletter there. 2023, another goal is to be more active releasing that newsletter. So Zach mm-hmm. Mitchum on LinkedIn as well as YouTube. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Zach, being on the podcast and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.